Howdy, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Battleship Pretension, the podcast that discusses movies based on topic. This is going uh, I don't well. know if this is working. <laughs> oh, my God. No, as you might, uh, as, as you've already been able to tell, Tyler is not here today. No. Nope. Uh, so I was, I, I was handed the, the duties. Uh, Jason wanted to intro. I had show. it ready. But it was back come on. pocket. It is. It, I had it's, it in the back pocket. It's my show. I mean, it's Tyler's show first, then it's mine, then it's the listeners. But I'm like a Tyler surrogate this week, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Uh, Jason Eakin is the co host, and I decided to hey, intro. Everybody. What's that? I was just saying hi. Oh, okay. Uh, and I decided to <laughs> intro the show the way that I intro my other podcast, which is called Previously On. And the reason I did that is Why because. Why could it be? Because we have a guest today. I don't know if you've looked to your right, Wait, Jason. wait but that is... Am I the guest? No, you're the guest host. Ah, so we I'm a guest and host. No, you're, you're guest host. Two things, yes. No, it's one thing. Uh, Think of it as a compound word. Potato, potato. Guest host. Guest host. Guest host. Guest toast. Guest toast. Guest... Guestus. It's a gestus. Gestost. <laughs> That's what it is. Gestost. To your right, though, Jason. Oh, to the okay. right of the of the oh, is our guest this week. It's Sean Ingram, my co-host from previously on. Oh my goodness! And you just did the. That's yeah. Oh, I am. You're catching up. How's it going, Sean? It's going well. Hi, guys. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Good. So let's. I'm excited. Yeah. And nervous. Oh sure, I would. I would be. But you do podcasting. Why? Why are you nervous? You're here with your co-host. Not that good at it. How does it feel to be with your co-host, but you're no longer a co-host? You're with your co-host, but you're a guest. It's terrifying. You're not even a guest host. <laughs> it should be liberating, really. I have no, I have no stakes here. That's no. true. That's that's how I would feel. I'd just go hog wild. There you go. Okay. I mean, have you heard me when I'm on the Paul Goble show? I do not give a fuck. There you go. That's. I think that's the right <laughs> idea, especially for have that you heard show. Paul Goble on the Paul Goble show. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> So since everybody everybody knows me, how could they not? Sure, any I won't go away. Uh, you filled in for me. This is yeah. This is not precedent setting the guest host thing. It was precedent setting back in February yeah. when I was ill, and you filled in for me mm-hmm. talking to uh, actor Doug Jones. Yeah, not comedian Doug Jones. No, and not uh, the guy who runs the Los Angeles Film Festival, Doug Jones. Right, but actor Doug Jones from Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> and other stuff. But mostly Buffy the Vampire. <laughs> mostly Slayer that one you. Buffy oh, episode. Okay. In season four. Um, Six days of work, and that's his whole life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, so people know me. They don't really know Sean. No. So, David, are you going to interview your your former (laughs) co-host? Sure. I mean, uh, I don't know how this works. I guess mostly in terms of previously on, we'll talk about it. I I, I mention it every week on this show that I do another podcast, but let's talk about what we do, Sean. We talk about television. Yeah. It's... I've often described Battleship Retention as being a niche show because you have to be really into movies Mm -hmm. and probably really into comedy too, you know, because of our guests. Most of our guests. I'm not very very into comedy, but I enjoy. But you get comedy. Yeah, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Um, but some sometimes I think maybe previous on is even more of a niche. I Mm -hmm. think it is. Uh, I would say so. Like. Honestly, I don't listen to it often because uh-huh. I don't follow the week of TV. Yeah, that's what you would have to do. Yeah. And, and so what we do, well, Sean, uh, people hear me every week. You talk about what Previously On is. Uh, well, we cover the previous week in TV, which is 
all the shows we've watched, um, the news uh, in the television industry, and then we talk at length about a specific show, usually... Um, uh, 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 the big show, the one where that we're the one that you have determined to be. <laughs> I don't uh, think in the zeitgeist. Wow, <laughs> isn't necessarily I sense me. some tension. I feel like we've come to a consensus. No, no, it's completely mutual. This is battleship yeah. tension this <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I guess I think it's the the one the focus the the big segment at the end is. Uh, although I say big, we actually spend more time on first on the first segment going through the week. Yes, we go more in depth in the third segment. And I feel like we choose whatever episode is either most likely that that other people have watched or that other people sh- should be watching the most. Yes. So do you Noteworthy. go do you go through like ratings to, to um, see who's what's what's most watched that that you guys are also interested? No, in? it just no. sort of has to do with whatever we think the the television cognoscenti and intelligentsia are into. Whatever is the zeitgeisty show, we, you know, we started with Lost right. and Breaking Bad. Now we're on Friday Night Lights. Okay, yeah, It'll Breaking be... Bad is not not a rating juggernaut, yeah, not right? But it's the big but show. But Mad you... Men, but that show is also talked about. Yeah, yeah, and and once Friday Night Lights ends, Mad Men will be okay. our big show. So really, nothing scientific about it whatsoever. No, no, but uh, it, it's sort of. I mean, any uh, if you look at say uh, the Slash Film podcast, mm-hmm. they pick a movie every week and they pick yeah. it to, to review and they pick it based on what. They think their audience is most likely to a have seen and b be interested in. Oh yes, and so that's what uh, that's our sort of loose criteria. Right. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this because I, I, I mean, I met you what fifteen minutes ago. Yeah. So I if really that. if, if that. that if we really we're got being into generous. It. Yeah. I mean the sound the sound uh, the the audio test did not really take that long. Uh, so okay, so like. Before previously on, previ- right. prior to previously on, <laughs> yeah, were you like really interested in television? Was that like is that your niche even outside of the show, or is that something that you thought, okay, well, this will make me watch more TV? Uh, no, I was definitely interested. It was both, but it was I was definitely already very interested in television. Okay, the show was your idea, Sean. The the <laughs> podcast casually, yes, yeah, and then you, uh, and then pursued. two years almost later, <laughs> yeah, it was. A Fourth of July party, two thousand eight, mm-hmm. that Sean brought up the idea to me, oh, and wow. then we started in February of two thousand ten. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was long gestating. Yeah, you wanted you wanted to make sure the format was right. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, yeah. no, I'm is sorry. this podcast thing gonna last? That was the <laughs> <Yeah>. question. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, I interrupted you. What talk about your history of television fandom? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if there is history. I've watched television. All my life, like every other person mm-hmm. in the in the world, favorite show growing up. Um, I mean The Simpsons. Okay, sure. Yeah, I got into that pretty early. I, you know, you don't really get most a lot of it when you're young, but uh-huh. you love it anyway. Yeah, I'm going to ask that you a, a question, one. Jason, that Sean has asked me. Okay. All right. There's a fire. You can either save. The entire series of The Simpsons or the entire series of Seinfeld. Which so one, Seinfeld, w- no no questions, not not even a choice. The, oh wow! See you later, Simpsons. <laughs> you don't like The Simpsons? <laughs> no, was... I love The Simpsons, but Seinfeld for me is the greatest television show ever. Yeah, that came it later is, though for me. Right. Well, yeah, it's yeah. not even a contest. Yeah. Are you now? Are, are would you choose Simpsons? That's what you said before when we when you. 
Yeah, I think I think so. I think so. Why do you hate Seinfeld? I guess is, I guess is my next question. Uh, B movie kind of turned me around. I kind of like B movie. No, I, I like B movie. I didn't. I did not see it. You didn't miss but much. But I mean, he's rescuing his reputation with the marriage ref. Right? Absolutely. Jeez, oh, he is. Wormed his way back into America. I saw hearts. one with Larry David, uh-huh. Ricky Gervais, and Madonna. How is that? How is that not interesting? How do you make that uninteresting? They found a way. <laughs> they found a way to sap the comedy away from Ricky Gervais and Larry David. That's in, that's amazing. I would have just hoped it was Ricky Gervais making fun of Madonna. Oh, and, that would be funny. <laughs> Ricky Gervais, like you, I think you could tell he probably didn't want to be there. He kept saying. What is going on? This is the weirdest thing I've ever been a part of. Like, he kept saying it. Uh, and he was right. Because, like, you could so tell. Maybe they were funny, but they kept editing to uh. just, like, little tiny snippets so they could move on. But speaking of moving on, so, like, is television, um, like, is television your favorite art form? Uh, yeah, currently. Okay. Well, no. More music, so than comedy? Music is. But television... Uh, Give me a top three. <laughs> music, television, comedy okay. are the three. But I mean, This is a film pot. Did you tell him <laughs> this is a film pot? I know, I know. That's Some TV shows are on film. But, uh, <laughs> and, uh, well, uh, also... I didn't invite myself here. Yeah, Tyler also stipulated that he didn't want any big name guests when he wasn't going to be here. <laughs> hey, he wait did, a minute. <laughs> tell me that. <laughs> he didn't want to get Doug Jones the way he I did. He said the smaller the better. Yeah. And you said, I got just <laughs> the, the most guy. obscure. <laughs> no, because I, I, will, I will tease that we've got a couple of uh, big guests coming up in the future. We don't have any dates set down. We have a couple of people who have said yes. And Tyler was like, no. Don't get those people no. while I'm gone. Yeah. Uh, I can understand yeah, that. That's like, fair. yeah. I mean, looking back on it, wouldn't wouldn't you have rather you got to also interview Doug Jones? Yeah, but I was. I don't rather that. I was but under the. Weather. I understand that you would. I listened to it. It was the first episode of Battleship Retention I listened to since maybe episode ten. No way! Are you kidding? That's awesome. I don't listen to my podcast. Do you listen to previously on? No. <laughs> nope. Uh, now, let me ask both of you, mm-hmm. um, like. What do you think the listenability or the re-listenability value is of previously on? Because it's so about a specific moment in time. Each episode really is. I, I think of it as a podcast news magazine. It's not okay. supposed to be. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay, I, I don't think that. it's. Uh, I wouldn't put it in any time capsule. <laughs> yeah. As as good. A, I feel like it's getting better, but I don't think it's. It's not designed to be, listened to in. Years and years from now. Yeah. Okay. It's ephemeral. It's topical. That's yeah, fine. It's ephemeral. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's funny you put comedy at number three because uh, I almost called you something different than Sean. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> because we um, uh, we met as comedy fans. Yes. Both, uh, yeah, through uh, an oh, okay. online message forum, I guess. No, we met. But I met because I knew your old roommate. Yeah. (laughs) Who's the old roommate? Uh, A guy named Ryan that I know from when I worked at MGM. Oh, Ryan. Great guy. (laughs) He is. (laughs) He is a good guy. Just hung out with him last night. Oh, cool. Um, So, yeah. uh, That's that's previously on. That's uh, that's Sean. Can I... Sean, like... um, 
and you don't have to say your absolute favorite movies, but like, what are some movies maybe from the last five years or so that you really like? Just so, just so I can kind of get a sense of, 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 or do you not really see movies? No, I, I, I see movies, but I'm bad at, um, I'm bad at bringing bringing up a list of top fives. Okay, on the spot. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> Um, I know you were a big fan of Gone Baby Gone. We talked about that. I was a fan of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good movie. Was anyone else? <laughs> did you yeah. like it, Jason? I did like it. I liked it except for the part where they say, she gone, baby, gone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you got to be kidding me. Like, you have to work really hard to put that into the movie. What do you think is the best name of the movie in the movie? Like the, uh, oh, jeez. I don't know. Cause Do I you like, have an example? Uh, yeah, I like, uh, it's the interview, it's Robert Downey Jr., it's Woody Harrelson, he says, shit man, I'm a natural born killer. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and that song by Lard, that Jello Biafra band, starts up and then the riot is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like as cheesy as it is, it's actually, uh, and, yeah, and, actually and as much as that yeah. movie, God, I loved Natural Born Killers when I was younger. When I was like in high school, I watched it all the time. Mm-hmm. Now I can't stand to watch you can't it at all. stand it? No, but that part, the way that that builds up with that, and the way that that just him saying that causes mm-hmm. the prison to like erupt, and that that song by that band Lard, mm-hmm. yeah, is really awesome. It's called Fork Boy. Uh, that's a great scene. Yeah, I I actually kind of like the movie, if for nothing else, than just sort of the insane amount of filmmaking. That went into <laughs> that movie, like yeah, they're shooting on like there's like five different formats. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Like there's TV and there's like. But I'm just saying, like they shoot on 35, they shoot on 16, they shoot on eight millimeter, they shoot on video. There's an right. anim- a couple animated sequences. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I kind of like I kind of like it. I'd say it's, it's a movie it's, that's worth watching if you haven't seen it. Yeah, but I don't know that I would recommend it. I don't know that I lo- yeah I don't know that I love it. I actually think it gets it. I've changed. When I was younger, I liked the first half when they're going around killing people, oh. and then now I think I would actually prefer the second half when they're in the prison. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. that's the better stuff. Yeah, especially since you don't get to meet Tommy Lee Jones until the second half, and his yeah. his performance is delicious. Have you, have you oh, seen? Oh, I like No Country for Old Men. Oh yeah, yeah, that was good. I rewatched that recently. Nice. Yeah, I have some uh, okay. <laughs> brief movie news I wanted to talk okay, about, and then and then we'll get into it. We'll get into the topic. We shall. We shall get into the topic. Um, did anybody else hear who will no longer be acting in films? Amanda Bynes? Amanda Bynes has retired from <laughs> acting. Has there ever been a more pointless announcement in the history of the cinema? Like, she put, put it on Twitter. She said, like, I no longer love acting. And I was like, I was like, one self why are you reading this but two, like and i like read it like from uh from like imdb or something but i was like okay how old is she she's what like mid-20s 24 i think 24 really? okay amanda Bynes fan over <laughs> I, I read i like yourself i read an article and they mm-hmm. made sure yeah. to point out how young she was like if you're 24 like i understand okay she doesn't want to act anymore fine she hasn't ever been really that astounding on uh-huh. film at least i think she's funny um but she's never been that really astounding i don't but think i've ever seen her in anything you know uh did you not see uh the musical uh hairspray oh yeah i liked her in yeah that. i think she's i think she's pretty cute in that yeah good um, call but like she was not a failure i expected it to be yeah no i think it's, I, a, it's a totally decent I, movie. I mean it doesn't 
it doesn't match up to the John Waters original at all. Yeah. But it was, did you see it, Sean? The Hairspray musical? No, no. It was not a failure. No. And uh, I love, as crazy it is, John Travolta in the fat suit being a woman and doing the Baltimore accent. Well, there we differ. Is, I love, I, I love the Baltimore accent. I love, I love when he says, uh, you know, when, when his daughter's starting to get famous or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's sort of, I say he, but the woman's, a, the yeah. character's a woman, you know, and she's uh, imagining her, her herself, uh, you know, living the high life. He's yeah. like, uh, she's like, can you picture me drinking rum and cokes and all them hoi polloi's? <laughs> that sounded a little Philly. It's uh, it's the same region. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, I actually think the the younger actors fare much better than the older actors in that film. Like I didn't think Michelle Pfeiffer really brought anything. I actually didn't think Christopher Walken really was that yeah. interesting in the movie <clears throat> either. But yeah, um, but it's pr- I think it's the only thing I've ever seen Zac Efron in, and I liked him. Oh yeah, I, I actually really like. I call him Zephyr. I, I really <laughs> like Zephyr in that movie. He's pretty cool. And um, uh, James uh, James Marsden. Yeah, he's great in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, he is. If you have, if people haven't seen Enchanted with uh, him and oh, Amy yeah, Adams, he's good in that. that's uh, for for a pretty boy. He turns in a stellar comic performance in that. That's he has, another um, one. He has all the biggest la- laughs. He's Cyclops. Is that yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Susan Sarandon, I feel like she was the villain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like she should have been way better. As a villain. Yeah. Like, I didn't think she was that great in that. I didn't think Michelle Pfeiffer or, like, the adults were very good in, in uh, Hairspray. But anyway, like, if you're Amanda Bynes, uh-huh. do you really need to announce that you are retired? How do you retire from something at 24? That just means that you don't do it anymore. Like, I didn't retire from podcasting. I stopped. Well, you're podcasting now. I'm We'll let the listeners determine that. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, who knows? Like, okay, if you don't want to act anymore, fine. You haven't really ever challenged yourself as an actor. So if you don't want to do it anymore, okay. But why would you, like, make it a point to be like, I'm retiring. I no longer love acting. I must search for my meaning elsewhere. Like, that just seems so over. It seems like a performance for (laughs) someone who's saying they don't want to perform anymore. I would say clearly the offers kept rolling in nonstop, and she had to <laughs> she had to take some kind of measure yeah. to let people know, please. Well, you know, a while ago that the the kid, the half a man from Two and a Half Men, said that whenever when that show ends its run, he's not going to act anymore. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he could get Charlie Sheen and John Cryer to, to sign the same deal? <laughs> <laughs> I like John Cryer. Well. Um, yeah. Okay. And doesn't didn't Evangeline Lilly say she's done? Did she say she's done acting after? Yeah, I, I think she said she's done acting after. No, she Lost. already she already has a movie. Oh really? Yeah. Does she? But I know. Yeah. I think did Matthew Fox say he was done with TV after Lost? Yes. He was only going to do movies. Hmm. Yeah. Because because Vantage Point was a runaway success and exactly. set him up as a <laughs> as a viable <laughs> property. But yeah, uh, he was really good in Speed Racer though. Oh really? I didn't see it. Oh, it's so good. He plays Racer X. Yeah, it's a good character. He is awesome in that movie. That movie is so underseen. It is criminally underseen. Did you see it, John? I didn't. Of see course it. you didn't. <laughs> it's not a TV show, or it is a TV show, but the movie's not. Yeah. Um, Come on. Let's get into it, shall we? Okay. Yeah, I feel like it, Sean. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, this is episode 170. If you can believe that, uh, and loyal listeners know that every. Every episode we do that ends where the number ends in zero, any episode that is divisible by ten, 
any episode you know that you can count on multiples of your fingers uh we do a profile uh and this is why i'm shocked that uh sean put comedy third but sort of because we're having a big comedy fan mm-hmm. uh uh i'd, I'd say I, uh, I didn't say third i just listed three. Oh, okay and it, uh, a, a name in the comedy fan community, to some extent. No. Not your name. That's, that's, that's cryptic on purpose. <laughs> Pe- hardcore comedy fans know who you are. Right, Sean? If they're on the internet, probably. Right. That's what I'm saying. Why do they know that? It's, it's all a secret. He's got a secret identity. He's out there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He's out Are there you keeping, Amanda Bynes? <laughs> he's out there keeping the world safe, or keeping the internet safe for comedy. Nice. So we decided to profile a comedic actor. Yes. Uh, and who better than Bill Murray, Chicago's own? Bill I don't Murray. think there's anybody better. <laughs> and also, did, yeah, has anyone there's. looked at the new Entertainment Weekly that just came out yesterday? No. Nope. There's a whole profile on Bill Murray. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I, I specifically didn't read it. I didn't want to be influenced by Entertainment Weekly. As you often are, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they, they bring many insights <laughs> on a weekly basis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Bill Murray. Let's start chronologically. Okay. Um, Go for it. I wish I had written down the years here so I'd know if someone else has something they need to, to shove in there. But we're going to do uh, – we're going to stick to movies. You know, mm-hmm. we're not going to talk about Saturday Night Live. Um, or that uh, golfing show on Comedy Central <laughs> that didn't last very long. I never saw any of that. Did you? Either of you? Yep. Nope. Was it good? It was moderately entertaining. Okay. Um, if you enjoy the Murray Brothers, and I do. Which who's who's your favorite non-Bill Murray brother? Brian Doyle. Um, no. Uh, the one from Moving Violations. The one who was on Mad Men. Oh right. Um, what's his name? Something Murray. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk about that la- later. No, we won't. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I, 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 I don't know. Has anyone, anyone here ever seen uh, Where the Buffalo Roam? No. Where no. Murray plays Hunter S. Thompson? Uh-uh. All mm-hmm. right. It's, not, it's interesting to compare to Johnny Depp's Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a very good movie. Uh, so, let's start with Caddyshack, then. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'll start with Caddyshack. Uh, he's great in it. Rodney Dangerfield is great in it. Not a movie that I think holds up all that well. No. You yeah. didn't mention the best part. What's which that? Is Ted Knight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ted Knight is the greatest in it. Yeah, that's true. I'm starting this off on a, the wrong note. No, that's fine. It's we a, come to praise Bill Murray, not to... <laughs> and you're like, well, you know who's better than Bill Murray? <laughs> Ted We're Knight. just going to mention all these movies <laughs> and who we like in the movie better than Bill Murray. Um, but let's, well, let's talk about Bill Murray's performance then. I was gonna say I feel uh, I feel like that holds up. Yeah, like, but it's, it's my view funny. of that performance has changed a lot from when I was a kid to now because, like, I just thought he was being funny, and now I watch it and go, oh, he's like a mentally retarded person in that movie. Yeah, it it, it, it feels a little icky to me now, but it's still funny. Those are the things I usually find funniest. <laughs> if I don't also cringe, I feel like it could have been funnier. But yeah, I like do you feel so so do you like it less? You're grossed out. I don't know that I like it less. I just think I I you think like of it differently. differently. Okay. Yeah. And I guess that's normal. I'm an, I think of it like an adult would and not like yeah. a kid. 
But, I mean, that movie was was a big deal at the time, and no one really seemed to have a problem with that when you liked it. Well, things it were less did. PC then. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer that. <laughs> so, like, if, I mean, if, the, if they were less PC, do you think that even if it if he is playing someone who's mentally handicapped, do you think that there may be actually an innocence in the way that that was portrayed and that maybe it wasn't as like, like if it was done today, you, it would be seen as, and probably would be done as uh, specifically like mean spirited. So do you think that, that actually, because that just wasn't how people thought uh-huh. maybe at that time, that maybe it's not quite really mean spirited. It really just, no, was I don't, I, I don't want to say it's not like I think it's mean spirited. Okay. I just, uh, it just seems darker to me almost hmm. in a way. Okay. Because he seems mentally ill. Yeah. As opposed to just a guy doing a funny voice. Right. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. I'm I'm okay with that. Right. What do you guys got next? I forgot to write stripes down, so I don't know what I've, the I've uh, never seen I've never seen stripes is. either. Have you? Uh I think I, I don't think I've I, I've seen it like on, on T V, so I don't think I've seen I haven't seen yeah. like uh the I haven't seen, you know, all the tits that are in it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've only ever seen it on television. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen like the first like five or ten minutes, uh-huh. and and like was when, oh when he's begging his girlfriend not to leave because that's a great scene. Yeah, but he like, comes I've home always been like passing through and have never really <sighs> like sat down to watch it. So like I've just sort of heard bits and pieces. Um, but it is worth on. talking about though. Well, first I want to talk about that that scene, how great it is. He okay. comes home and his girlfriend's packing up and she's going to walk walk out on him. And he's, like, down on his knees, like, as she's walking, you know, she's leaving. And the last thing he says is, you can't leave. All the plants are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really like that. But I also, it's worth talking about Stripes because it is probably the earliest uh, filmic incarnation of the Bill Murray character. Mm-hmm. The way we came to know mm-hmm. him. Yeah. The sort of uh, sardonic slacker, yeah. uh, I guess, type. He's... Mm-hmm. Uh, He's kind of he's at a remove emotionally from the rest of the world, uh, a little bit of a a little bit of a cynic, but it, but he's really funny, of course, because he's Bill Murray. Yeah, and there's something redeeming in him that will probably be brought out by the end of the movie. Right. Uh, he'll he'll come through at the mm-hmm. end. That this is this is the character we've seen over and over again, in uh, in a lot of the the stuff I'm looking at at here. And, would, would you say? And not even just comedies. Uh-huh. Like, that, that is like a, a Bill Murray character that sort of can be transposed into a lot of different yeah. different genres. We'll get to Broken Flowers later. We sure will. Uh, In a couple decade and a half or so. so oh, two decades. <laughs> um, I want to briefly mention Tootsie, because he doesn't have a huge role in no, that. But I think no. he's really good he at it. He is great. And he has the best line in the movie for me, which is when, like... Uh, you know, the the end, Dustin Hoffman reveals himself as a man, mm-hmm. and it's on TV, it's airing, and Bill Murray is at home watching the soap opera, and he goes, what does he say? That is one wacky hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite line in the movie. He do, he has a lot of really good one-liners in that movie. Uh-huh. I I think that movie is fantastic. Like, I've only I've only seen it once, but that is one of my favorite comedies. It's really good. Like, it you, is just Sean, really good. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay, well, let's move on to... The one we're all been waiting to talk about. Hmm. <laughs> what could we... What would, Square pegs. Oh, wait. About. No TV. <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Wait, and, and, in looking this up on 
IMDb. You it, thought it was one word, right? I always thought it was one word, and yeah. it's spelled as two words on IMDb. I wrote it as one word. Yeah. And the second one is spelled Ghostbusters 2. I did put GB2 for that. <laughs> <laughs> this is thrilling. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about my notes. Uh, no, I wish... I, I think Ghostbusters is great, but I'm not... Like a lot of people in my generation, I'm not like a Ghostbusters historian. <laughs> no, <laughs> like I a actually, lot of comedy <laughs> nerds who know everything about... When was the first time you saw Ghostbusters? I don't remember. I was very, okay. very young. I was you? probably eight or nine. I didn't see it until I was in college. Oh, wow. Oh. I saw Ghostbusters 2 <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> but because like the back of the box has like uh, Sigourney Weaver looking possessed, my parents were like, I don't know if that's appropriate for uh, for Jason. I don't think we're going to let him oh, see your it. Your parents are even more strict than mine. Yeah, so yeah. they got me Ghostbusters 2 instead. <laughs> so uh, doesn't make any what? sense. Yeah. That's very strange. Um, well, we'll talk. there's something about Ghostbusters 2 I want to talk about that's sort of related to this. Um Okay, I don't know how Ghostbusters came about. I don't. Uh, it's a, did Harold Ramis come up with it? Was Bill Murray always involved? Was he involved in the? I think I, I thought Dan Aykroyd was, Dan yeah. was, yeah. was a big part of it. Okay, yeah. so was Bill Murray just uh, was he part of the creative team early on, or did he just come on board as an actor? That no? I have no idea. I don't define creative team. I think they, you know, they're all friends, and I think they wrote it for him. Okay, and but, also we also know that. Bill Murray is a guy we know if you read about him that he's a guy who will he'll sign on for a script but with the caveat that he's going to change stuff to make it funnier mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's he's he's sort of known for that and so even if he wasn't no matter what point he ga- he came on in Ghostbusters he really uh, like he does with any role made it his own right um, but I want to talk about why Ghostbusters is still a successful movie to me because because it's hilarious, uh, but also because the scene early on with the ghost in the library mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, still scares the shit out of me. Yeah, to this day, and that's I think uh, really to the credit of the movie that it's it's a ghost story as well, uh, or it's about yeah. ghosts as as well. And that's like the, the Ghostbusters two also has that shot of the Titanic coming back mm-hmm. and all the people who died in the Titanic, like filing off as ghosts yeah. onto mm-hmm. like, that's a really creepy image. Yeah. Uh, that I stuff really sticks with me. And that's why I think Ghostbusters has had such a, so imprinted itself on the memory, uh, of kids because a lot of, I mean the, the humor, I mean, there, well, there's a lot of, uh, childish humor too, but good yeah. stuff. But a lot of the humor might go over a little kid's head, but these, these scary images and scenes really stick with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think, like, if, if they don't make it somewhat scary, then Bill Murray's, like, sort of cynical humor probably doesn't work as well in the movie because there's no, like, there's no threat for him to sort of be reacting against, you know, mm-hmm. with, yeah. with comedy. Um, and, and so I, I think the, the movie is, I, I completely agree, like, it balances the comedy... And the sort of kind of scary things. And, I mean, there's a montage about halfway through the movie where, like, <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be a dream, but, like, a ghost comes in, like, sleeps with Dan Aykroyd or something. And he does I was this really just reading about the origin of that, that that was a whole scene that was cut and they just salvaged that part of it. And really? Put it what, into like, the what was it supposed to be? Uh, was it a dream? No, no, he goes into some place and he finds some old, like, Civil War uniform or something. And he puts it on, uh-huh. and I guess... Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. And then the ghost thinks he's... I, I, I don't know. 
right. like a dead yeah. husband or something? Yeah. Yes. Something like that. And it was a whole scene that was shot, uh, and they just salvaged that part for the mo- montage. Editing. <laughs> it can save your life. Yeah, that's a, that does not sound like a good scene. Well, this... Uh, not one other thing I want to mention at Ghostbusters will be a Sieg into the next, uh, the a next s- a film. What? A Sieg. Segway? S-E-G-U-E. It's it, pronounced Segway. It will Sieg. No. <sighs> Are you seriously saying that you don't say Segway? Uh, I guess it is Segway. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. I didn't know what you were doing. I thought you were joking, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my face is red. Um, it will segue in... Yeah, that is the word. <laughs> I just had like a revelation. I had a revelation just there. Revelations. I'm it's one of those things like uh, the word awry. Mm-hmm. I knew what it was and would say it, but when I read it, I thought it was a completely different word that meant yeah. the same thing, but I uh-huh. thought it was Ari for the longest time. Wow. And it was a very long time before I made the connection that, oh, those four letters are that word. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so you just—I I had no idea that's what Segway was. I seriously thought because you have—you you often have like a smirk on your face, so I thought <laughs> you were joking. I was like, "Is there a moment in Ghostbusters where they mispronounce that, and I'm not remembering it?" Well, wow. awesome. But would you say like? I mean, again, I rank things a lot, but I—I I feel like Ghostbusters. If you're picking like a top three Bill Murray performances and movies that he is great in and that are great movies do you not put ghostbusters on the top of or toward the top of the list is yeah it? i would okay. yeah i would and it's also like it's the the it's the it's the the main representation of that character yeah the that has become the bill murray and, and character. he is uh he's he provides what 80 percent of the comedy in that movie uh-huh. this man has no dick <laughs> <laughs> um so let's get into and how I'm wondering how many times on Battleship Retention in the past I've said the word Sieg I don't think I've noticed it huh um, loyal listener that I am uh well the the connection between the two films if you will uh is that the great Rick Moranis is great in Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and he is the star of Little Shop of Horrors so getting into the next film yes uh Bill Murray plays the character in Little Shop of Horrors that Jack Nicholson played in the original Roger Corman Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. The guy who visits the dentist because he's a masochist and just wants to experience the pain. And um it's a little bit creepy in the Roger Corman one and kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And Bill Murray, I mean, it's, this is a musical version. Everything sort of ratcheted up. And Bill Murray takes it way over the top yeah. uh, in, a, in a great way. Are, are you guys a fan? I've, I've never seen Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the movie, but I love Bill Murray in it. Um, yeah, he is. I, I'd have to rewatch the movie. I remember being a fan of it as a whole, but I can only call up certain scenes uh i love the uh steve martin uh the dentist song no am i forgetting why is steve martin's hair why did they feel they had to dye his hair for that movie is there i don't know am i forgetting something important i mean i guess he's supposed to be kind of a because he like rides a motorcycle and wears a leather jacket during that song it kind of fits him with being like a greaser guy intimidating yeah enough to have white hair yeah so he has he has black hair in the movie we haven't seen it wow yeah um and but Bill Murray is just so excited about the idea, <laughs> yeah. and he tells the story about when he was a kid. He would go to the dentist, and if he was good, the dentist would give him a candy bar. And so, 
when he's about to get like uh drilled like his teeth drilled into uh-huh. he's mm-hmm. excitedly like almost orgasmically saying i'm gonna get a candy bar i'm gonna get a candy bar <laughs> uh so so that's not one of so that's uh that's sort of the opposite oh yeah he's he's of, just a crazy of the cynic yeah and that's kind of sort of the sort of clueless guy yeah in some ways yeah we will see in other films coming um up. i'd have to i guess i had to rewatch the little shop of horrors because i think very highly of that movie yeah but uh, i haven't actually seen it in whole since I was since I was young, yeah, I've just seen I've seen it on stage. That's the only. I've but seen. the music's good. That Dennis song is great. Uh, Gina from Martin is one of the <laughs> the singers, like the chorus, the Greek chorus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John Candy's in it. Uh, Man, that is a good cast. Glenn Headley, love her. Okay, moving on uh, to a movie. And if if, you, if I skip over something that you guys have seen that mm-hmm. I haven't, like, because I've never seen like Larger Than Life or The Man Who Knew Too Little, um, I don't know. If I've seen gonna. both, <laughs> but we're not quite there yet. <laughs> um, let's talk about a movie that's. Uh, I, I feel like there's a there's a love hate thing with this movie, and maybe I'm wrong. I, I get the feeling that people in this room like Scrooged. Yeah. Yes. What's that? Yes. Okay. Good. Because I, I feel like a lot of people don't. Uh. And it definitely, I don't think it was a, was it a huge success at the time? Or maybe it wasn't a critical success at the time. I don't remember. I obviously don't remember because I was too young. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I don't remember that it was a big success. But uh, yeah, I'm just trying to like. Could be wrong. Find out, like backtrack and find out where the anti-Scrooged sentiment that I've encountered over my life comes from. Uh, I get, like there's, there is a sense like, especially at the time. When, like when whenever I was like seeing previews for it, I did I didn't know if I wanted to see it because it looked like there was something like a little bit weirdly dirty about a retelling of a Christmas Carol. Uh-huh. Like it almost seems like a little too like a little too raunchy. <laughs> but I don't. But I don't think it's a really raunchy movie, especially not by today's standards. No, but is it, it is like we we talked about in Ghostbusters with the scariness. Mm-hmm. There is a there's a dark undercurrent to Scrooge. Yeah. Very dark. Um you know, like CD. Maybe CD is, is what I'm saying. C- it is yeah. a CD movie. But I just um the promo they've made for the live Bill Murray for those who haven't seen it plays a television executive uh and they're do, going to do a live um uh Christmas carol mm-hmm. on his station. And uh I guess there is some sort of dirty stuff because there's like the yeah. the dancers who have the sheer tops that you can see their nipples through. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the promo he presents <laughs> um, is this thing that looks like the world is ending if you don't watch. And, and, and apparently, uh, some woman in Tulsa or something like had a heart attack and died. It's it's in in the story. The, they uh-huh. they say like, oh, you know, a woman had a heart attack and died when she saw you. And he's like, that's good. That means it's working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also remember seeing it as a kid and being like, uh, uh, who, now who plays the Jacob Marley character? I can't remember now. Uh, but uh, the old guy who comes back in the way he died. In the the story is that he died on the golf course, mm-hmm. and he literally has a golf ball like in his skull. Yeah, and it's really gross. Yes, and and it was like the Ghostbusters thing. It was scary to me as a mm-hmm. kid, and uh, the uh, 
The Ghost of Christmas Future was terrifying, you know. Yeah, it's a more upsetting movie than you may think it's going to be. Uh-huh. Like, you know that those elements are going to be there, but you almost feel like they're going to be safe scary. Yeah. As opposed to unsettling scary. Yeah, but remember this is from the director of The Omen. Oh. Yeah, Richard Donner, who I also made uh, no. Goonies. Um, yeah, Sean, what are your thoughts on Was Scrooge? that Jamie Farr, who was the uh, Jacob Marley? Was it? No, no. Okay. No, I want to say it was like a, it was like a Ted Knight type. <laughs> um, I could ask the interweb. Ah, eh, forget it. Okay. Um, well, what what I like about the performance is, it it's kind of like his signature performance, but he just ratcheted up the cynicism and. A little bit uh, of the manicness at certain uh-huh. points, and I think it it works really well. Yeah, yeah. I think he almost tries to be unlike and succeeds at being an unlikable protagonist. Uh-huh. Which again, you sort of think like, oh, you know, okay, he's gonna be a mean guy, but I'm still gonna know that he's gonna turn out to be good. But you watch like the first like half of the movie, and you're like, this guy's a total dick yeah like and they, he's a bad person they have like for example they they have mice that they want to be like mice reindeer and they mm-hmm. can't the glue isn't holding the antlers onto the mice head so he says have you tried staples yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the you know the lovely and charming karen allen mm-hmm. talks him out of it what is up with karen like karen allen was great and then somehow it was decided that she wasn't allowed to be in movies in the 1990s Apparently. or something because I, I don't understand what happened to her. She's such a great, warm presence. Yeah. And I just, I mean, between Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, and uh, and Scrooged, she was uh, she was just an ideal to me as a, as a kid. What was the last film she made before uh, the Fourth Indiana Jones? Um, she was in that movie with Billy Crudup, World Traveler. I didn't see that. It's not good. <laughs> is she good in it? Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't. I uh, that movie. I completely forgot most of it because okay. it's just w- like what really bland. What year is that? That's early two thousands. Okay. I think. Because I thought she was particularly bad in the fourth Indiana Jones movie. I didn't see it. They made a fourth one. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, she's bad in it. Uh, I also one of the note on Scrooge. I can't. To this day, see the cover of the Velvet Underground album with the the banana, uh-huh. without thinking of Scrooged. Because when they do the flashback to when Bill Murray and Karen Allen first met, they're standing in front of a record store, and it's supposed to be because it's a flashback. It's supposed to be about that time. Yeah, and that's that record is in the window. And when I was a kid and I saw it, I didn't know anything about the Velvet Underground. And I just yeah. thought that was a weird. Mm-hmm. That picture of banana really stuck out to me, and now I think of Scrooged every time I see that record. Wow. <laughs> That is very specific. <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. We already talked about it. Um, I don't really have... It's not as good as the first. It's not as good. In any way, no. shape, or form. Um, I mean, I, I, I feel like... Well, the... Uh, what, what is his name? Lord Vigo? Yeah. Vigo uh, the Carpathian. Vigo the Carpathian. Is not that terrifying to me. Um, Peter McNichol, whom I've liked in a lot of things, is... He's great in Alan McBeal. <laughs> his... Is he the? Uh, he has a frog. <laughs> oh, not sorry. I was talking about Alan McBeal. <laughs> he 
He's the guy in the McBeal who his static or static his uh, strategy to um to throw the other the competing council off his game is to loudly pour water while he's talking. <laughs> Do you remember that? He would always he had a pitcher of water, and whenever the guy was talking, he would just like hold it really high and Brilliant. pour himself a glass of water. And anytime <laughs> he went into the bathroom, he preferred a fresh bowl, and so he would flush the toilet. He had like a clicker yeah. that could flush the toilet. But what were you going to ask, Sean, about uh, about Peter Mc- Peter McNichol? Uh, I was asking what role he played, but I I realize now what it is. But I, yeah, the character name is. Uh, Anybody? I, no, don't, I don't know. know. He's no. essentially the... Uh, He's the pawn. Um, He's the Renfield guy. to... The Renfield! Oh, nicely done. That's what I, And the reason I think of it is because he played Renfield in the Mel Brooks Dracula Dead and Loving It. Unseen by me. <laughs> I saw it in the theater. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't really remember much of it. I just remember Peter, like, uh, or, um, him showing up at the beginning and saying, like, to the townspeople, it was like... Uh, can you tell me how to get to Dracula's castle? I'm scheduled to have a meeting with him. And the the, the town people are like, Dracula, Dracula, Dracula. And the last guy goes, scheduled? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, so that's Ghostbusters 2. Uh, the next one on my list is Quick Change. What year is that? I, don't, I didn't write it down. That's 1990? Okay. I didn't see that. That's a movie worth seeing if you haven't seen it. Have you seen it, Sean? Yeah, years ago, but... What type of Bill? Like what type of Bill Murray is it? Bill Murray as a clown? <laughs> no, he's not. He's a <laughs> he's a bank robber. Okay, uh, but also a master of disguise or something. Right. Uh, but the movie take like the whole. He's a master of disguise. He robs a bank dressed as a clown, and he has hostages. Mm-hmm. And his way of getting out, uh, I can't remember how he gets the money out, but his way of getting out is to. Like, he's got hostages, and he negotiates to release two of the hostages. And he's dressed as a clown. And then he, I guess, dresses one of the hostages as a clown and chains into a completely different outfit where he has this weird red hair. Like, uh, I can't remember what the other outfit was. It just looks like a like a terrified businessman and then just walks out the front door. Nice. Uh, but then, and that's, that's what happens at the beginning of the movie. The rest of the movie is about him and his cohorts trying to get out of New York City. Oh. Uh, and... It's just a comedy of errors. They can't get out of New York City. But the movie takes on uh, like a darkly Fellini-esque tone where things get really bizarre. Uh, like they come across they're, – they're, they're in like Spanish Harlem or something. And they come across two guys, like grown men on little bicycles jousting in the middle of the street. Like riding bikes at each <laughs> other and jousting. And, but the way that it's uh, presented, it's like this – it's like it's uh, the most important jousting match in history. Right. You know, they're taking it very seriously. The music is very uh, severe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the kind of movie it is. It's a bizarre movie uh, and uh, definitely worth seeing if you haven't. What, what are your thoughts on Quick Change, John? Uh, <laughs> I honestly don't remember much other than it being an incredibly, yeah, it's a very strange movie, but yeah, I think it's worth revisiting. Uh, Tony Shalhoub has a great little part as a cab driver. And is is this still Bill Murray cynic? Yeah, I would say it's okay. still him. It seems like that it's was that, that type. Um, so then my next is What About Bob? Yeah, after that. whereas the next film, yeah, What yeah. About Bob? <laughs> a very big, like, th- this is the total opposite of the, s- the typical Bill Murray character. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And I, I love 
what about Bob? I actually, I really like all of the specific little things that he, like the way that they show his condition, um, I think is really smart. It's really funny. But a lot of people hate What About Bob because it is so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Like they hate the dumbness of it. Um, But what I like about What About Bob is, um, you talked about it with with Scrooge and and it's in Quick Change. You see him uh, growing from being just a comedic actor to being an actor, actor, you know, capital A, actor. You're seen in this movie. And I think What About Bob, for all its dumbness, uh, he clearly thought about it and, and took and, and, and took measures to make Bob endearing and make you yes. really sympathize with him and care yeah. about uh, mm-hmm. invest in what his his tics mm-hmm. and hangups are and care yeah. about him so much more than than you would than than you would assume uh-huh. for and a it, movie that is this almost dismissible and po- yeah and possibly even more than. The writers of the movie intended. If you, I would, I would probably. Which say is, not, I mean, if you uh, ever hear stories about the, what the original script for Groundhog Day was, it was just a dumb comedy, uh, you know. And Harold Ramis and Bill Murray both saw something in it, mm-hmm. and and made it into what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. Is there something? It's, it's actually next for it me, is, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that, that's right. That's what it is next. But yeah, um, I guess we can we can return to the. Have either have either of you seen the man who wasn't there? You mean the man? Uh, who sorry, the, the man, man who knew too little? little. I've seen the man who wasn't there, starring Bill Murray, <laughs> dressed up as Billy Bob Thornton. Have you seen the man who knew too little? Uh, no. no. Okay, then can I just briefly talk about because it very much fits in. It's the same character. It's the same type of character. Uh-huh. Someone who is just really dumb. But the, the, I, man, the movie that movie recently screened at the silent movie theater here. Really? As uh, it was a double double bill with Clifford, and it was like underrated comedies from the 90s it was yeah it was put on by, by I mean, scott ackerman from comedy death ray the man who knew too little was panned uh-huh. like nobody liked it but it was a movie that i saw probably like uh, i think probably around like ninth grade and for about a year we would watch it like once a month uh-huh. like because do you do you even know the plot is that yeah is there any is it austin powers-esque at all like a um spy type characters it's, it, yes with the spy there's there's is nothing it, like is it hitchcockian is it is that sort of there's a lot of yeah there's it's it's a pretty com complicated plot but so he is just sort of a sad sack sort of a, just a dumb guy he goes to visit his brother in london goes to visit his brother brother in london and his brother wants to get him out of the house because he's trying to have like a, a party and so he goes to like this uh, like uh, theater of life or something like that where you basically get to like every you are the star and it's like a dinner uh-huh. theater. But everyone like acts around you and involves you in the plot uh-huh. and they kind of take you some places. So, of course, there's a mistake and he's like supposed to call this number and he calls the wrong number or someone mistakes him for somebody else. And there's this like bomb plot uh-huh. that he gets wrapped up in. But, but the, he still thinks it's part of the... He, yeah, he just assumes that, oh, this is the plot. And so, like, there's a girl, of course, who, like, he accidentally rescues. And so he's so confident because he knows, like, oh, I get to be the star. And so <laughs> I can just kind of do whatever I want. And so, like, they're walking. They're going into his house, him and this girl. And she's, like, I forget if she's a prostitute or whatever. But she's, like, you don't trust me, do you? And he's, like, no, I don't trust you. Wait, let me do that again. <laughs> 
I don't trust you. <laughs> and so, like, then, like, they're getting, like, shot at. And he's, like, he's got, like, some, I forget what weapon he has, but he, he sees, a, like, a gun or something else. And he goes, he goes hey, I've got this, but I'm going to just trade it for this one right here. I'm going to trade it for this weapon. And then he picks that up and, like, keeps going and just, like, swings it around. It's, like, it's hysterical. They're driving in a car, and she, like, starts crying. And he goes, oh, man, how, how do you do that? <laughs> do you think did you poke yourself in the eye and I didn't see it do you think my dog is dead <laughs> my dog is dead and so he's like poking himself in the eye trying to get himself to it's it's really funny it's it's stupid but it's smart stupid um alfred molina is in it that sounds great it, it's it's a, I, I think it's a very funny movie and definitely underrated uh well, let's move on to Groundhog Day, which is one of those movies, when we do things like this on Battleship Retention, there are certain movies that I feel like, all right, this is the big one, we're going to spend a while on this, but when I get to it, I realize so much has been said about yeah, Groundhog Day, and everyone already knows Day. how great it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you guys have to say about Groundhog Day? Um, it's pretty much perfect, yeah. and it's, speaking of top three... Bill Murray movies. It's probably yeah. the first one for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, aside from Andy McDowell, who I am not crazy about, I love you know Chris Elliott, um, Brian Doyle Murray uh-huh. is also in it. Uh, the Groundhog does good work. <laughs> Stephen Tobolowsky. Yeah, Stephen Tobolowsky. Yes. Uh, and he actually, I don't know if you guys listen to his podcast. I do. I um, do now. I haven't heard it yet. He recently, just a few weeks ago, finally got to uh, got around to talking about Groundhog oh, cool. Day. I'm only like ten episodes in, and that's where I had heard that story about how like the original script was really dumb, um, where like he almost Stephen Tolkien almost turned it down in favor of doing some like little independent film because he thought like well the, this this independent film isn't going to pay that much, but it's actually about right. something, whereas yeah. this is just a paycheck, mm-hmm. you know. And then it uh, it turned out he got the role. Um, or he he took the role, and then he tells all these stories that just it's almost everything involved in the production of Groundhog Day based on these stories was just completely fortuitous. Like, or and not not and it, no, because that saying that cheapens what Harold Ramis did, but Harold Ramis just was able to make the exact right decision mm-hmm. uh, every every single time a question came up. He made a decision that now you look at that part of the movie and you go, well, yeah, how could it be any other way? Yeah. You know? Um, I will say, I think Groundhog Day is a perfect film. Like, in terms of its yeah. structure, in terms of, like, the way that the character moves, in terms of the number of times that they show different things, the repetition. Like, it is so nicely done. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. there's that whole section in the middle that, like, as a kid, I watched that section and it... Like, I I wouldn't have been able to articulate it, but I knew that there was something different about this movie that I liked because of this middle section where he just kills himself over and over. And you think, like, you think it's just going to be funny because, like, he, like, just, like, takes a, like, a toaster or something and puts it in the bathtub and then, like... The, your da- it cuts to downstairs and the lights flicker and everyone's like, oh, what was that? <laughs> um, and so there's, like, some that are funny, but then there's, like... You just see his face, and he just, like, steps out in front of a truck. Uh-huh. And, like, it it really gets 
sad. And uh-huh. near, yeah. it gets completely depressing, really. And you realize that this movie is so much more than just a dumb comedy with a gimmick. Mm-hmm. It, like, it, 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 it becomes a great film. Yeah. At, at at that moment, I think that's well, why. I want to quickly repeat a story that Stephen Tulowski told about. There's a scene in the script that was filmed where the idea was that Bill Murray realized that there were no consequences to anything he did. Mm-hmm. He, he would he would do so. He trashed his hotel room, and it was like this big manic scene. It took three days and a lot of money to shoot because anytime you know he would like yeah. bring out a chainsaw and cut through stuff, and then you oh, had to wow. have a replacement. And it was just <laughs> like splattered paint on the walls. He just like went insane, and they shot it. Uh, you know, it took a lot of time and money. And then Harry Ramos was like, you know, this isn't working. And so he'd like, he and Bill Murray sort of like uh, puzzled over it. And they came up with that scene of him breaking the pencil in half before he goes to bed and then waking up and the pencil's whole again. Yeah. And that, that, and that's it. Yeah. That, yeah. That's so, such a great, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a great encapsulation, I think, of, uh, yeah, in, as well, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis really knew what he was making. Yeah, as opposed to just going big mm-hmm. and tr- like that, uh, it could have been interesting. But if that was played for laughs, that doesn't really like tonally coincide with some of the other much darker things. And yeah. so then you have like that sort of exaggerated or or extreme behavior seen as both comedy and sad and that doesn't that doesn't work uh-huh. but the pencil thing or like sitting at the coffee shop and he's just got all this food and he's smoking and he's drinking the coffee like it's funny and like do you remember the way i have never forgotten the way he stuffs an entire donut <laughs> into his mouth yeah. it's the most like that is an amazing joke and it's just putting food in your mouth it's brilliant um, it's so brilliant I do want to say before we move on that I actually really like Andy McDowell, both in that movie and in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Mm-hmm. Just uh, just speaking up on behalf of Andy McDowell. I, I like her, too. I like her in Shortcuts. Do you like Shortcuts? You hate not Shortcuts. Not really. I don't hate it, but it's not Why something I'm itching to watch again, ever. Um, All right. Well, I'm yeah. ready to move on to Ed Wood, unless... Oh, sure. Uh, uh, I got Mad Dog and Glory. Have oh, you right. No, that? I've never seen it. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh, well... It's Bill Murray playing against type because he is uh, a gangster, a, uh, a tough guy. Uh-huh. Um, and he's, uh, I think his character's name is Milo. And then Robert De Niro plays this police photographer who's very meek and complete pushover. And he is sarcastically called Mad Dog. Uh-huh. That is casting against type. <laughs> yes, extremely. In both cases. <laughs> and um, it's a really <laughs> it's a really flawed movie. I think the ending kind of ruins it. Um, but Bill, <laughs> Bill Murray as a gangster is uh, surprisingly intimidating. There's there's a couple scenes where he's uh, he's fairly scary. And, and then there's a big uh, part of the ending is a fist fight with Robert De Niro. And he. Uh, he convincingly uh, beats the hell out of Robert De Niro. <laughs> um, and the uh, the other the other thing about it is he's uh, he's also a stand up comedian, a terrible stand up <laughs> mafia comedian, <laughs> and that's that's a highlight. Does he do mafia related material? Yes, completely. <laughs> awesome. And he has his goons in the in the front tables <laughs> laughing at, at his jokes. That's very funny. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's flawed, but it's worth a look. Yeah, that sounds uh, enticing. Yeah, it does. Uh, Edward, Edward, yeah, everyone, Edward. Um, well, I, this is a movie we have to spend we have to spend a lot of time on because uh, he's not. He's a yeah. He's a very small. It's player. not his movie. Um, but it is again demonstrating his what we'll see later in the nineties. Uh, his desire to branch out and to and to work with. Uh, I guess idiosyncratic directors, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like the Wes Andersons and Jim Jarmusch's that he'll work with later. I was going to pose this question, like, because yeah, that, uh, his performance is fine mm-hmm. and it's a great film. Do you think, like, where do you see the shift in the Bill Murray? I, th- I think the, the think point I'm trying to get to is that it's, it's very gradual. You know, that's yeah. I mean, I could even see it being Groundhog Day. Yeah, uh, he it definitely sort of, does. It sort of takes his his character to a very different place. But I, I also think that you find roots of that in Quick Change. You know yeah. that he's he's playing the the sardonic Bill Murray character, mm-hmm. but it's also a, a bizarre and sometimes yeah. even artsy movie. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I, I I think it's a it's a gradual thing. Yeah. Um, and I do like when he says in Edward, "I want to hear him call call Karloff a cocksucker again." <laughs> <laughs> um, my my next one is Kingpin because I haven't seen Larger Than Life. Is that? Or is that L- after King Larger King? than life. Just okay. Just forget about it. The it's elephant. A terrible movie. Yeah, but yeah. I, th- I think it's a that's a like a road movie, right? Isn't he going cross country with You're an trying elephant? Trying to transport an elephant. Yeah, because I think they shot some of it in St. Louis. Honestly, I, I thought of Larger than life. I've seen it as well, but I was thinking Operation Dumble Drop. <laughs> they're basically <laughs> the same. Yeah, they're basically the same movie. It's like um, what 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 was it? Deep Impact and uh, Armageddon. Armageddon. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Bill Murray, Dennis Leary, they're interchangeable. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, Kingpin. Now, you guys might have to lead the discussion because I haven't seen it in forever. I actually watched it, like, within the last year. Oh, uh-huh. man, does it hold up. Yeah. Have you seen it? I also haven't seen it in forever. Oh, it is It is so... Bill Murray does the best hair acting I've ever seen <laughs> in Kingpin. Yeah. Do you remember his hair? Yes. Toward yeah, the end? Like, it's like, he's, it's this hair piece, but it's like... It's totally like flopping around. <laughs> it like he is so good. Like he can literally do any size of role, and I, I think you sort of see that uh, when he starts working with Wes Anderson too. Like he is so good in supporting roles. Like he is the perfect villain. He is so self-involved <laughs> in in Kingpin. And he is, he's like the opposite of Woody Harrelson's character. And he's smart, too. Um, um, yeah. What, came, what, st- what stood out to me, even at the time, and what I think when I think about Kingpin now, I think about... He uh, quick, quick change aside, uh, he just hasn't done a lot of R-rated comedies. If he branches yeah. into R-rated movies, it's usually the more dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. And him and, he and the Farrelly brothers on paper sound like a weird fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, would you agree? Yeah, because it's like he doesn't seem like a gross-out gags type of guy. Yeah, and that's what we sort of think of the Fairly Brothers as. Yeah, but doing it very well. Yeah. I'd What's your favorite Fairly Brothers movie? I, I don't know that I have one. I do. Is it Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when they when they were oh, in the the colorful suits with the top hats oh and the <laughs> and he <laughs> just whacked <laughs> Jeff yeah. Daniels or is it just <laughs> Jeff Daniels whack? Jim Carrey, I can't remember. Which one of them's dancing? I don't remember. But you remember Jim when Carrey he, was dancing? He just picks up the cane and whacks him across the back of the <laughs> yeah. thighs. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, oh, I that's think Jim Daniels whacks him because then he goes, yeah. 
like he's like he uh, does that Jim Carrey. Ow! He's like great, <laughs> something like that. It's really yeah, uh, yeah stuff like that. Great. That's a very oh Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got two pairs of gloves here. My hands are getting a little clammy. <laughs> we landed uh, on the moon. <laughs> That's one of my favorite jokes. That's one of the best jokes in any I movie ever. That. Yeah. No way. <laughs> All right, so let's... What are the chances of a guy like you and a girl like me getting together in this crazy mixed-up world? I'd say about one in a million. So you're <laughs> telling me there's a chance. Um, what was all that one in a million stuff? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, that's let, delightful. Let's, let's move on. Let's, let's wade into it. Let's talk about Rushmore. Oh, do you not like Rushmore? I don't like Wes Anderson. Except for Fantastic Mr. Fox, which was amazing. See, I think I think it would almost... I mean, you could. We don't have to. Um, like, because he made five films. Wait, no, four. No, five. I think he's in all of... Yeah, he's, in, he's, in, he's all. in Yeah, he's got five... Everything, I never saw Darjeeling. but Bottle Rocket. Yeah. So he's got five films with Wes Anderson, like... I think their their sensibilities actually work together really well. I'm you just do not a fan. I'm not a fan of Wes Anderson's sensibility. So, I mean, but you are a fan of Bill Murray. Like, do you feel? Yeah, like they and you are know what? Bill Murray is very funny mm-hmm. in in Rushmore. His uh, his interaction with his sons yeah. is, is actually probably the funniest stuff in the movie to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the when I've had problems with. The problems I've had with Wes Anderson never have anything to do with the comedy, except okay. uh, Life Aquatic has some dumb comedy. Uh, and yeah, Bottle Rocket doesn't really translate to me, but I just think I don't, I don't get the Wilsons. I, I don't. I'm not a fan of Bob. I have never been a fan of Bottle Rocket. I've seen it like three times. Sean, are you a fan of Bottle Rocket? No, no, it's not his best. But I know no. a lot of people who think it is. Like that, I remember yeah. because when I would say it blows my mind. When I would say like I don't watch Wes Anderson, or I don't like Wes Anderson. There were certain people who would say, "Well, you got to see Bottle Rocket, then you'll get it." Like Bottle Rocket's oh. the best, and I watched well, it and I was like, "Oh, this is the worst! Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is the I worst think one." So. It's his least uh, fussy, I think. Uh-huh. That's Probably what just I due don't to like budget. <laughs> but like I said, I just don't get the Wilsons. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't find them funny. You don't find Owen Wilson funny Owen in Wilson. the Royal Tenenbaums? Ugh, no, he's my least favorite part. Everyone least knows favorite that part. Custer died at the Battle of Little Bighorn. What this book presupposes is, maybe he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Wildcat. Have you ever seen the <laughs> Heat Vision and Jack? No. Seen what? Oh, he, it's television pilot that didn't go. Oh, okay. Called Heat Vision and Jack. And Sorry, was... Jack Black and a motorcycle with Owen Wilson's voice. Oh, my God. And... Ron Silver as himself, except that he's like a, a supervillain. Yeah. Now, how but he's also Rob S- Ron Silver. Wow. And Ben Stiller directed it. Yeah. And it's really good. I, I haven't seen it. I've heard that it's wonderful. Yeah. How did you see it? Uh, it's just, you know, floating around one of those things. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's out there. Um, In more ways than one. But yeah, I guess I, I, I can see why... Big, I can see why the, why Anderson and Murray work together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that they both have the the deadpan thing, yeah, going on. And none of my problems with uh, Wes Anderson movies have anything to do with Bill Murray. Okay, so I don't 
I don't think this is really the forum to go into why I don't like Wes Anderson. Yeah. But Especially I mean, since I've talked about it on the show before and because this is a Bill Murray episode. But I think, I mean, w- like the sensibility of Wes Anderson, and I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to, to, to talk about that, but I think that that, like, I think that's his most important, like, relationship with a director and or, or with any filmmaker. Like, he, go- he constantly well, early goes on, back was, to Wes Anderson. There was Harold Ramis prior to this but they haven't worked together for but like Wes Anderson is someone like it doesn't matter how big or small like Bill Murray's in Darjeeling Limited I don't I don't even well, remember like if minutes, he yeah. speaks mm-hmm. but one he's funny there's a great visual <laughs> joke yes. with him running to catch this train and then Adrian Brody just goes past him running faster gets on the train and then they just like lock eyes <laughs> as Owen Wilson's just like drifting away um that's another guy I don't like Adrian Brody Really? Yeah. The pianist? What's that? The pianist? The pianist is good, yeah. But I don't like... I just don't like him. You don't like him as an actor? You know what? You know what it is? It's the sexually assaulting Halle Berry at the Oscars thing. I think that's why I do like him. (laughs) I wish I could do that. I I don't think I'll ever be able to like him because I just found that so repugnant. Really? Yeah. You don't don't just grab someone and kiss them. This isn't... You're not... You're not Gary Cooper. Well, it was, she, and she it, it's not back. like it was okay then either, but it was ac- accepted by people. But it was but, so insane that he won. Like, he was the person who was like, well, you got a nomination, right? But Fiverr. he doesn't know her. So what? He does now? <laughs> Intimately. It's, it's, not, it's not okay. It's, it's not okay to just grab a woman and kiss them just because you kiss her just because you won. I and find this fascinating. You didn't have a problem with what Bill Maher did at the Oscars, but you do have a problem with What did with Bill this. Maher do at the Oscars? He was just a dick. Oh, well, <laughs> he's Bill Maher. <laughs> but he didn't sexually assault the person. He, he is, but there was assault. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember what Bill Maher... I, don't, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Just, uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I really didn't have a problem. Like, it's, it just it seems in fitting with the Oscars. It's very dramatic. It, it just seemed gross to me. It seemed amusing to me. If Jack Nicholson would have done it, then I'm I'm with you. <laughs> or if Nick Cage, I think if Nick Cage would have done it, <laughs> then like that would have been the worst. Um, but back to Rushmore. What if, Rush- Nick, what if Nick Nolte had done it? Oh my God in heaven! <laughs> Holly Berry well, would just be in a mental institution. No kidding. <laughs> trying to get she clean. She would be living Gothica. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know. What else are we gonna say about Rushmore? Uh, I was going to say, like, there is such a... Uh, he goes from being someone so closed off to have, like, the performance of his eyes, honestly, in that movie, like, the transition from, like, just cold and detached to really, like, kind of re-embracing life and really, like, having just this glow in his eyes at the end. Um, or really sort of any time in, in the initial... Like, you see that spark whenever he's talking to Max, like... I think that is his control over like his facial features, I think are prominently on display in Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think that that is just such a brilliant performance to really, to really be able to, to convey that much emotion or lack thereof uh, just with his eyes. Like he's got really good eyes <laughs> for emoting. Do you like Rushmore? I love Rushmore. Of course you do. That's because everyone should. As all true Americans do. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. So yeah, uh, I think 
His beard work is great in Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> well, let's before we get to Royal Tenenbaums. Um, okay, he did a movie called Cradle Will Rock. Uh, oh yeah, Tim Robbins directed. Mm-hmm. That, I never um, saw that. It's not that great. It's very ambitious. It's got a huge cast. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not great. Um, is it one of those one scene kind of films for him, or does he? Have it's a- an ensemble cast, and I think he he has. I you know I haven't seen it in probably ten years. He has more than one scene, but it's a, it's still a small part. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tenacious D are in that movie. Really? Well, not not as Tenacious D. No, but they are playing a comedy duo. Right. But yes. it, it takes place in the 1930s. So I forget who I know that loves that movie, and I've. Is, it, is it Tyler Smith? Is it? Does I think he so. love it? I think so. Oh, I don't remember. Does he own it? Uh, he used to have the VHS when we were roommates. I That's don't know right. if he bought it on DVD. Hmm. Um, all right, and then let's let's briefly mention the first Charlie's Angels movie. Okay, and did I, we, I noticed we skipped over Wild Things. Yeah, did no one see Oh, Wild Things. I've never seen it. I forgot about it. Charlie's Angels. Uh, we'll get there talking about Charlie's Angels. Well, what, what did you have to say about Wild Things? No, not much. That he's in it, and it's a... Yeah. I'm not a fan. Okay. Yeah. Is he good? He's Bill Murray. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't know he was in that. Yeah. I think of that as the... It's I actually think he does have... So I think he's like a... Uh, is he a lawyer in that? Yeah, movie? he's a lawyer. And he, like, he's he always somehow... wears like a neck brace. <laughs> right. And so, he's he's yeah. tangled up in the in the scheme. Yeah. Somehow. Huh. It's funny, because I've never seen it, I just know it as the movie where Nev Campbell and Denise Richards make out. Yeah. Like, that's literally the only... I don't know what the plot is about. I know Kevin Bacon's in it. Yeah. Does it, uh, I think you see uh, Kevin Bacon's manhood in that. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay, so Charlie's Ch- Angels, I which is a movie it. that I like. Uh, wow. <laughs> um, really? It set a goal for itself, and it achieved it. It's got, it's just a big, glossy, uh, with uh, lots of action. and it, And it had the... Intelligence to cast people like Bill Murray mm-hmm. and Crispin Glover in in small roles, and Bill Murray plays uh, what's the guy Bosley. Bosley, yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of a return to at this point. This is, I mean, this is what two thousand, yeah, probably two thousand yeah, when this came out. And we hadn't really seen for years seen the Bill Murray character yeah. in movies, and this is was kind of a small return to that. Hmm. Um. And it has. I don't disagree with that. Um, like, it, like how so? Because I, I haven't seen it. Because he's, it, it's somewhere between the. Because he's not the smart, like witty guy. Mm-hmm. He's, he, but he's not. What about Bob Goofy either? Right. But he is kind of a goofball. Okay. In the movie's a little over the top in general. Like, there's a great part where, uh, he's been captured by Sam Rockwell, the bad guy, and so he's in this like locked in this room. And you see him, he has a block yes. of wood. And he's, like, whittling the wood, partially using his teeth. And then, <laughs> eventually, like, he stops and he pulls up what he's created. And it's a huge handgun made out of wood. <laughs> <laughs> There's no use for it. But that's what he's been doing in his prison cell, whittling a handgun with his teeth. Uh, that's the kind of jokes you get in that movie. But it doesn't... That, that movie... Uh, he didn't come back for the second one. Bernie Mac... Yeah, uh, replaced him. Um, and did it lose the magic for you? This, I, <laughs> I think the second one is just more of the same. Uh, I, I mean, it's the second one's even more amped up because it has uh, the first one doesn't include a scene where they drive 
a flatbed, like a big semi-truck with a flatbed mm-hmm. off of a bridge, and while it's falling, they get out of the cab, go to the flatbed, take off the tarp, and and you realize, oh, there's an ele- uh, ele- a helicopter strapped to the truck, and they while the truck is still falling in the air, they get in the helicopter and fly away. That happens, like, five minutes into the second movie. Wow. It's nuts. Uh, yeah, uh, those movies are fun. LL Cool J's in the first one. You're not selling me. I don't know if that was intended <laughs> to sell me. It didn't do the I, job. Hey, I like LL Cool J. Uh, Osmosis Jones? Him I, working I, with nope. the uh, Fairleys again in some way? They didn't direct that, but they, 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 they produced it. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, I didn't it's, see that. It's terrible. That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, I know there's a lot of egg-related humor. Is that right? He eats some bad eggs or something? Yeah, something like that. Tell I don't uh, no. no one cares. Um, Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums. I mean, he's such a small part in the movie. He's got yeah. some good scenes with him and Gwyneth Paltrow, I think. There's but it's still getting to the... It's even worse than Rushmore because... <laughs> you mean better. Worse because... Or, you David know what? I, it's worse than some... I actually... Royal Tenenbaums is my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, but you too. see him further stifling his actors and his script under production design and minutia and costume design hmm it, see i think that movie i i actually feel like that movie breathes quite a bit too i think there's a real life to it i think it's i think the reason i like it better than rushmore is because it has such a great huge cast uh you know rushmore had uh bill murray mm-hmm. um and seymour cassell uh, yeah. in a small role but really just bill murray and then most of it is about Jason Schwartzman, who I don't like as an actor. Uh, <laughs> but Royal Tenenbaums had, obviously, Gene Hackman and Angelica Houston yeah. and Danny mm-hmm. Glover, mm-hmm. who's a personal favorite of mine. Uh, and Gwyneth Paltrow, Ben Stiller, both Wilsons. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Seymour Cassell's in there again in yeah. a small role. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's all I have to say about it. He's doing a good job. And, yeah, he's got that beard. Yeah. <laughs> great beard acting and he's got uh, he's got some really funny scenes where like he's doing that he's performing the tests uh on his subject because he like writes these weird signs he's sort of a oliver Sacks type of guy uh-huh. and then like he uh, asks his subject to like organize things and then he just looks at him and he goes fascinating and like <laughs> does like a stopwatch or something it, there's uh, i mean there's some really nice moments uh but i am itching to move on to this next one lost in translation Oh, which is a beautiful, wonderful movie, and I liken it to Punch Drunk Love because <laughs> Punch Drunk Love is a movie that took the Adam Sandler character, yeah, from the Adam Sandler movies, mm-hmm. and was like, "How would this character actually? What would he be like in the real world?" Yeah, and that's kind of what Lost in Translation does. It, yeah, uh, it's. I mean, on the one hand, it's Bill Murray being a guy who's kind of close to Bill Murray in that he's yes. an actor, mm-hmm. but it's also he's. Uh, he, he's that the the stripes what about bob scrooged not mm-hmm. he's not an asshole like scrooged no um guy who's distances up himself from the world yeah. the you yeah, know there's uh, a, a melancholy yeah that's oh, yeah. it's kind of a yeah and you really and and that's that's what i'm talking about that's how it's fleshed out is yeah. that it's not just about mm-hmm. him being the the wry detached funny guy right it's also like how does that person get around and navigate life when he's not being funny? Yeah. Uh, 
Okay, that's why I like you know, Lost in Translation so I, much. I like that movie. I feel like, and and I'm actually I'm not a fan. I I love Virgin Suicides, but I'm not a big fan of Sofia Coppola. Um, I feel like her movies sometimes get stifled under her not knowing always what to do with a scene. Um, I actually I I love uh, the Bill Murray character and the the Scarlett Johansson character. Mm-hmm. I like them more separately. Actually, like I remember there's a scene. Like he's talking on the phone to his wife. Yeah. For whatever reason, that is one of the most like effective scenes in the movie to me. Just like yeah, it's one of those that really sticks with me. It just tells you so much about who he is, what he's left behind, and it tells you everything about his relationship to everybody back at home. Um, and it does so very economically. Uh, mm-hmm. I think. Whereas, like, I feel like like there's the there's the big scene of. Um, where like they're laying, they're just like laying on a bed, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. you're like you're wondering if they're like gonna do anything, um, and they're just kind of talking. And I remember feeling like, and I can't even remember quite what they're talking about. Maybe you can. I I haven't seen it since the theater. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Um, but I remember it. I don't have a I don't have that good a memory, but I remember it a lot better than other stuff I saw in 2003 because yeah. it's so great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just remember it kind of. Her movies often meander for me, um, but I, I will say like I went back and watched Lost in Translation again, and and it was I mean it was maybe like two thousand four two thousand five, but it it does it did hold up or it, mm-hmm. it actually got better for me the, with mm. with repeated viewing. So maybe I just need to watch it again. Okay, but his performance, you're absolutely right. Um. Well, this brings us into another. You know, we've talked about that Harold Ramis. We've talked about Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Another director that he's worked with uh, a few times now is Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, that same year, I think, as Lost in Translation, uh, Coffee and Cigarettes. Yeah, came out, um, which is a series of vignettes that all involve people drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes, and um, some of them are very uh serious some of them are very bizarre and uh artsy fartsy mm-hmm. um some of them are uh intelligently funny and some of them are just kind of silly yeah and bill murray is in one that's with is it is it the rizza in the is it the rizza in the jizza right mm-hmm. from from uh Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, Jeez, I just drew a blank. Here's something. Remember you you messed up uh, Segway. Uh huh. I I thought you were supposed to say RZA. Oh, uh, it's uh, the RZA. Yeah. yeah. I had no. I never knew. Someone had to correct me. Um, which one was in Ghost Dog? Which one of them was that? The RZA, or is that the Jizza? <laughs> I don't remember either one. I think that's the best question that's ever been asked. No. <laughs> was it the RZA yeah. or the Jizza? Which one did the music for that Kill Bill music? Which is the best oh, thing the about did. Kill Bill? That's the RZA. Yeah. yeah. That is oh that that song is amazing. You know what? I think he did music for Ghost Dog too. So, he, but he, he has probably, a small role in it. It probably was him. Yeah. yeah. Ghost. It. What, what? What's the character? Is it the ice cream yeah. guy? Uh, no, that was that? wasn't that a guy that he? I can't remember who he that used was. more later. I, uh, yeah, you're right. I think it's someone who's more well. known. I can't remember what. Do you remember what character it was? Uh, it's it's just a guy on the, the street. Oh, uh, it's okay. a movie I haven't seen in a long time either. I small love role. that movie. Yeah. Yeah, Ghost Dog is a great movie. It's one. It's it's way up there. So is Dead Man. Like those may be my. Two I've never movies. seen Dead Man. Oh my god, it's good. But Ghost Dog is a movie that I I rewatched semi recently, like in the past five years, mm-hmm. and um, didn't remember just how funny it is. It's yeah. 
super funny. Yeah. And that's well, we'll talk about limits of control later. Uh, oh, you saw it? Yes. Oh, okay. I um, saw it. So, coffee and cigarettes. I think that movie is mostly off the mark, but the Bill Murray Wu Tang vignette is one of the, one of the ones I really like. Yeah. Um, and it's Bill Murray showing that he has something of a sense of humor about himself. Yeah. Um, although I don't know how much he is, and there are stories that he's not always pleasant. <laughs> There's also stories that he washes dishes at uh, <laughs> frat houses. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, who knows? Yeah, but I think I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I haven't heard stories that he's like some sort of spoiled asshole. No. But just that he's a perfectionist he, and takes things seriously and can be sort of difficult to approach. Oh, okay. Is, is yeah. what I've heard. Like, doesn't really want you walking up being like, hey, what's up there, Bill Murray? Hey, I really liked you in this. Want to talk about uh, your performances in your life? <laughs> like, I don't think he doesn't want to. Oh, okay. Uh, but I don't really know what else to say about coffee and cigarettes. Yeah, I mean, he's I only in yeah. one vignette. So, I guess we have to talk about the life aquatic. Uh, we don't have to. Do we? It, no, it's... He's fine in it. It's not as good as Rushmore or Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, it's... It's a swing and a miss, mostly. Oh I yeah. Think. <laughs> uh, okay. I think I think Wes Anderson even started trotting to first. He thought he he, <laughs> he swung so hard. He thought surely I got a hit. Uh, you guys thought me because we're gonna get into stuff that I haven't seen because I haven't seen Darjeeling. But yeah. We kinda, oh, uh, we he was in Hamlet in two thousand. All oh, right, uh, the one with Ethan Hawke. Yeah, I didn't not see particularly that. Memorable. What role does he play? Uh, is it Polonius? Which one's Polonius? The, the uncle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, Polonius. Uh, yeah. Um, did we skip over Garfield yet? No, that should be the next one. Oh, did anyone I haven't see it? Seen it? No, no, okay. I haven't seen either. The, ne- of them. the next one on my list is Broken Flowers, and so I feel like there must be something in between those no. two. Is that just a Garfield? Just Garfield? Okay, well, yeah, Broken Flowers. Broken yeah. Flowers. You hinted at it earlier that it's another, like Lost in Translation. It's it's that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but he's even lonelier in yeah. Broken oh, Flowers deep, than in like deeper melancholy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he also uh, there. There's also I, I don't know. Maybe this is just me and my not liking Wes Anderson. But I almost read I read too much into uh, his home life at the beginning. Or his, his the aesthetic of his apartment and the way yeah. he he dresses that it looks almost like it's in a Wes Anderson movie and then when he leaves he goes out into the real world. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I read it. I don't know if it's right. I doubt it's intentional, but it does like the I way his say, yeah. the aesthetic and his interior design and his clothes are very controlled and specific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then the look of the rest of the movie is much more naturalistic and even a little bit messy. Yeah. So I mean, it, it could be simply that. You know, this is, a, this is a character who likes to control things. Uh-huh. And now here's something that has been... I mean, the the crux of the movie is something that he's got to figure out that he has no control or no... Right, which is that he uh, has a son. Yeah. And he doesn't know... Which who, of the women in his life yeah. the son... Yeah, I mean, he can narrow it down based yeah. on the age of the son. Yeah. <laughs> but he goes to visit the women and they're played by... Who? Um... Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone is the one that sticks out. But who was the one who's married? Is it Francis Conroy? Yeah. Yeah, Francis yeah. Conroy. And who, uh, who's she married to? Oh, shoot, I'm forgetting the actor's name. I, it's I it's, a, it's so a known long. actor. But um, but that's that scene. Oh man. Yeah. That's that's I I remember like, just 
it's it's very awkward. But d- yeah, I, I I haven't seen it since theaters. So yeah, it's been so it's been either. five years. But um, but yeah, again, it's it's good Jarmish because it's funny. Yeah, that's again. We'll get to limits of control in a second. Do but you, Jarmish th- is the best. Be, what Jarmish is best at is he can be at first glance uh, a very Again, to use the term artsy fartsy type of director, he, he can be seen very that way. Serious, yeah. You know, Scene. he's got uh, very long takes. He shoots mm-hmm. in black and white sometimes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there's lots of stuff without dialogue. But what rescues it from being that self serious is a good word is how funny he is. Uh, yeah. Down by Law is a, just hilarious. Oh my yes, God. yeah. Um, so is Dead Man for that matter. Okay, and that's what I liked about. Um, about broken flowers and coffee and cigarettes and ghost dog. I mean, uh, you know, is that there's plenty of laughs in it. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about City of Ember, unless anybody else has anything else to say. Wow. Or has anything between broken flowers and uh, is that when Darjeeling came Darjeeling. out after broken flowers? But we it's, kind of already talked yeah, about the it's scene. It's a two minute scene. It's yeah, it's yeah. A, it's two minutes. It's very brief. And I don't have anything to say about City of Ember. Oh, okay, good. Uh, it's not <laughs> lucky us. It's not great. And he's honestly not that great in it. He's oh, kind really? of he's kind of overplaying it a little bit. It, yeah. se- it seems like it might have been a bit of a paycheck for him. I could see that. Um, it does not seem like a Bill Murray, mo- like it doesn't seem like a Bill Murray choice. Like even in so far as like okay, Charlie's Angels, if he's kind of got some of those things going that that you mentioned, like yeah. City of Ember doesn't seem to have any of that. No. Yeah, it's uh, that, that movie has uh, a lot wrong with it. It does. It has some re- uh, really fun sequences in it, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, so, limits of control. Mm. <sighs> limits of control is those other movies with every ounce of levity sucked out of it. <laughs> you know what? John Hurt has a couple lines, but he's only in one scene. Yeah. Uh, what is the? I honestly don't even know what the movie is about. Uh, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's. Uh, this guy, I can't remember the actor's name. He's. I was just about to ask you. Uh, I, but he's in. He's in coffee and cigarettes. Yeah. Um, and he puts on this sort of shiny suit. He gets a piece of paper from a guy, and he goes to another place, and he meets oh Kate Blanchett, and they have a weird conversation. Then he gets a piece of paper from her, and then he goes somewhere else, and he meets uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, and they have a weird conversation. He gets a piece of paper, goes somewhere else, like somewhere else, as in somewhere, um, like some other country. And then talks to John Hurt and gets a piece of paper and goes. It is depressing me how many great actors you're listing. Yeah, for it, a movie that seems to be a total failure. It's a great cast, um, and you know what? The thing is, at the time I watched it, I was like, I was interested enough by it that I was, uh, it, I was thinking I liked it. But oh, the yeah. more I think about it, uh, it was just it was just frustrating. Yeah, and I should mention, I, I won't I won't say his name, but. Uh, I went to see that movie for free with a listener of the show. Oh, cool. He works at the Arclight or worked at the Arclight at the time and was like, hey, I can get you in free. And so I went over there and watched the movie with, <laughs> nice. with him. He was a nice guy. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's kind of a failure. But at the end, um, he somehow these magic things that he's been collecting have allowed him to appear in a locked room. <laughs> That there's no other way into. Okay. And so, how does Bill Murray factor into this? This is it. He's oh, okay. he's like 
the big bad guy that we he's apparently been chasing the whole time, though we don't know that because we don't know what the hell's going on in the movie. Sure. Uh, and it's the only, or I guess I like I said, John Hurt has a couple of funny lines, but the only uh, the only other funny part in the movie is Bill Murray's reaction when he walks into this heavy. Like think of like the Mission Impossible room, mm-hmm. you know that he had yeah. to like. There's no other way into this room. So right. when he walks in and he's like setting his stuff down the desk and he turns around and sees the guy sitting on the couch, <laughs> his like complete shock and terror for just a split second is is actually very funny. But then he has this speech where it's like Bill Murray's character is supposed to be like a Dick Cheney type or Donald Rumsfeld type or something. And he has the speech where he says fuck a lot and it's completely serious and boring and doesn't make doesn't interest me. At all, it's. Uh, I, I I really have strong feelings about this movie because I felt a little bit hurt by it. Yeah. So uh, that's yeah. the limits of control. See, that's yeah. That's when I don't know. There's the, even though I like most of, I think every movie of his that I've seen, there's something about Jim Jarmusch I really hate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that sort of stuff. I remember when Broken Flowers came out, like. Because I thought, oh, everyone was like, oh, you know, you've got Bill Murray in this movie. It's sort of a road movie. It's uh, episodic. So, like, it can keep people's – seems to keep people's interest. It's not very slow. And he, like, took that as an offense uh-huh. and, like, talked about how, like, he he specifically makes movies to be, like, uncommercial. Like, uh-huh. to have no commercial appeal. And I thought, that's maybe the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> You're an idiot then. Like, you shouldn't make a movie trying to get people not to see it. <laughs> like, that seems like you don't like your own stories. Yeah. Anyway, I, it could... It, it was, anyway, I still I, like him as a filmmaker. I though. think most people will be able to watch Down by Law and enjoy it. Yeah, if they too. If they're okay with black and white. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's uh-huh. got really strong characters. It's got a compelling uh, plot, you know? Yeah. They're, they've escaped from prison. That's fun to watch. Um, so the next thing and final thing on my list is Fantastic Mr. Fox, which in a perfect world would be Bill Murray's first foray into voice, voice acting for film (laughs) because it wouldn't include Garfield is right. You weren't paying attention. You were texting. So I had to catch you up on. Listen, I've got a movie night. They're waiting on me. What are you watching tonight? Notorious. Yeah. Yeah. Hitchcock. Oh, okay. Not, not the, no, no, no. (laughs) <laughs> not the biggest. No, it's exciting. Story. I've never seen Notorious. It's good. Um, but no, I was listening to what you said. What uh, it, don't you usually do double features on movie night? Uh, not anymore because we're oh. trying to get a lot of people can't come to them. Okay, if it's a double feature, so like, sort of a double feature for three people or one movie for eight people. So. Well, yeah, Notorious is great, I, even though if, if it has a little bit of like. Uh, is it your favorite Bill Murray? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a little bit. Uh, Antiquated in terms of gender roles. Oh, okay, I can see but, that. But you know, yeah. Now, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I get, which is we amazing. Don't, we don't want to give a spoiler for another movie that he's in, and maybe I don't even know if you guys have seen it. So you know what? I'm not going to mention anything. What? Get low. Nope. Never mind. What? Oh, oh. Ghostbusters Three. Yes, Ghostbusters yeah. Three is it? Yeah. No, no. no we can no. talk about the one. Can we? I yeah, don't know. It's been long enough. Wait, you have seen it. I know you've seen it. He's seen it. He doesn't oh, care for I it. Oh, I completely forgot. Yeah. I don't think it's even on his... Uh, yeah, it's on, I didn't it's because... 
He, it's can not on his IMDb. It's not on his IMDb. No, it's not. But can we? Oh, okay. Um, should we? I mean, it's not even a. It's not because even the thing a year is, old. if we even say the name of the movie, then that's the spoiler. <laughs> that's we can't say spoiler. spoilers for blank. Yeah. Because. Because that's the spoiler. The fact that he's in it is well. The here we go. Anyone who's seen this particular film knows what we're talking about. I think all that really needs to be said is this is uh, a performance in which he kind of recaptures some of that fun that uh, that has sort of been lacking in a lot of his choices. I mean, he I, also I Garfield movies aside. I have some problems with that movie in general, and with the way they used him. Uh, the way, yeah, the way he, yeah. the way they handle his. Uh, his exit, yeah, I would say is. Um, oh, see, I botched. think that's it's, perfect. It, it's no, it's really? kind of bullshit because I, I can't even say I can't even say anything about it without giving away what movie it is. Come on, just twist about. twist around it somehow. Uh, the the situation, okay, the way he the way he exits the film is that he gets shot and killed. Yes, the situation these characters are in, the premise of the movie, is such that. If he comes into that room the way he does, uh, the the guy who's already in the room, his first instinct is to be it w- is going to be to turn around and shoot. Yeah, based on what he's been trained, and the people outside of the room who occur- encourage Bill Murray to walk into the room should know that they should know that they're sending him in to get shot. How else do they think the guy's going to react if he walks in like that? It's the first thing I yes, thought. Yes, it's it's supposed to be a hilarious prank, but it's. Really just stupid. I would say he's moving in a way that is foreign to how... To how something that might cause that character to react that way (laughs) would move in the logic of this film. (laughs) This has got to be fun. This has got to be fun. This is is really good. Um, But it did also... like I I have a friend... Actually, friend of the show, Frank Feel My Wrath McGrath... (laughs) Uh, he said that he loved it because the characters in that movie get to do with Bill Murray exactly what he would do if he got to, would want to do if he got yeah. to be Bill Murray, which is get high and pretend to be go- play Ghostbusters. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do love job. that he gets like they 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 smoke like out of a hookah and yeah. then he dresses up as, as his Ghostbusters. That's, That's it's very funny. So uh, fantastic, Mr. Fox. Yeah. I don't really rem- honestly I don't really remember. I know he was the Badger. Yeah. But yeah. I don't really remember much about his performance. Yeah, I guess he's not in it there, much. Is there I mean there's a pretty good relationship between Clooney's character and his. Yeah, yeah isn't he like his uh, what, didn't he, lawyer or advisor? Or yeah, something yeah like but that? didn't he help him buy the house that he that they couldn't afford? I think so, and I think Clooney does something that really screws something up that Badger had tried to do, and eventually has to apologize. Like there's some rift in their relationship at some uh-huh. point. I've only well, seen it once. Clooney had, uh, Clooney's character has a lot to apologize for to a lot of people in that movie. Oh, He's yeah, kind yeah. of the that's cause of I, everything. That's one of the things I love about that movie is like how many mistakes. That they let that character make. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. How much of a non-hero he is. But um, I really love that movie. That movie is just about perfect. It's the best thing Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson has ever done and probably Aside ever will from, do. Aside uh, from Royal Tenenbaums <laughs> and Rushmore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's uh, that motion animation fun. is the perfect playground for a guy who's yeah. as obsessive-compulsive as Wes Anderson. Yeah. I See, I, I like the idea of doing that, of, of playing with people like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds. I think that's awesome. I think he's stifling them when he does it. But uh, I'm stifle you in a second, it, buddy. Doesn't doesn't any great director cater the performances in his movie? Try to shape them to 
his his vision. But I think Wes Anderson is often less interested in performance. That's the that's the problem. No, I think he's extremely interested in a specific kind of performance. Mannerisms, maybe. I don't know. If, I don't know the mannerisms of performance, though. I see. I feel like he's uh, very interested in character, and sort of in like, especially in Darjeeling Limited. Like, I, there's so much minutia mm-hmm. in the things that people carry with them and sort of have on their person. Yeah. Um, that that really, I I feel like I actually feel like that movie has like all three of the main leads. I, I feel like are really fantastic, and there's so many character moments about each one of them. Um, yeah, Owen Wilson especially, I think. Yeah, it's great in that movie. But Adrian Brody too. I know you don't like him. Th- <laughs> yeah. That is boy, that is not the movie for you. It's got <laughs> Jason Schwartzman, yeah, Adrian Brody, Owen Wilson, is why, Wes is that, Anderson. Is that why you hate all these actors? My God, what about that <laughs> no, movie? No, I, mean, I haven't seen it. Appeal to you? <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. Although I actually what tried to go see it in the in the theater once. It was playing at a theater in Pasadena, and oh. I was like, and it, it's it's this. Uh, there's a second run theater in Pasadena where it's like. Two bucks before six, four bucks after six. Wow, nice. Um, I mean, you get what you pay for. Like when I went to see, uh, I think it was when I went to see Public Enemies. They left the house lights on for the first five minutes sure. of the movie. Ugh. Like that's the kind of stuff that happens. Yeah, but it's two bucks. What do you yeah. mean? What do you want? Um, We've been going for a I, while. I, I went to see it there, and because um, it was listed as being playing, and I got there, and they're like, "Oh, someone's uh, they're shooting a movie here today. We're not showing any movies." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Fantastic Mr. Fox is great, and it has yeah. Jarvis Cocker in it. Uh, yeah. Doing a song, a great song. So, yeah, that's the life and roles and car- career of Bill Murray so far. So far. We've got more to come. Good. Get Low looks great. Yeah, it does. In closing, what is your favorite type of Bill Murray? Obviously, it's not the Wes Anderson, <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's my choice. Uh, even though Groundhog Day is the best. Uh, I, I think my favorite type is always going to be Venkman. Yeah. It's always, you know, and the, and, and, uh, and Groundhog Day and Scrooge, like that character, uh, but I mean the the Lost in Translation, Broken Flowers, Bill Murray is also very interesting yeah. to me. You, Sean? I'll go with the Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah, that is the one interesting. But there's overlap. Yeah. between oh, that yeah, and the uh, yeah. You made a great point. It is very gradual, and the difference between I guess Lost in Translation and Punch Drunk Love is that Punch Drunk Love takes a character f- who's usually in really bad movies <laughs> and finally makes him good. Whereas lost in translation sort of just like kind of the thing we've been saying, like yeah. just applies that sensibility to something a little more realistic. Now what bad mo- Adam Sandler movies are you talking about? Cause I love Billy Madison. Love little Nicky. See, I love, I like Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. I don't hate little Nicky. I, I hated the water boy. Water boy. Uh, see, I, these are movies from my childhood that I loved growing up. I saw The Waterboy three times in theaters. <laughs> and there, really, there's no excuse for that. Um, I actually kind of like Big Daddy. Uh, the Wedding Singer oh, is my favorite. Oh, Big Daddy. I liked that. I yeah. like Wedding Singer, too. Yeah. I think those I are forgot about best, a lot of these like, movies. Happy Gilmore. That's Happy a Gilmore's shit movie. Was that? I don't like so Happy bad. Gilmore. I should revisit it. I remember watching it and thinking this isn't as good as Billy Madison, but still yeah. laughing at it. A lot of the stuff, but like even Billy Madison, I remember like the last time I watched it, I think I was helping my ex-girlfriend move out of her dorm room uh-huh. when she graduated college, and so we just put Billy Madison on, and I was like, "Oh, this will be great! Like it'll just be fun. It'll be kind of a you know I can watch it. I know all the lines," and I was just like, time after time, I was like, "I do not like this anymore." Oh, uh, really? Wow. I still feel like it's his. It's his. The jerk. It's it's wow. it's Adam Sidler, Adam Sandler's id. 
on screen, just like the jerk with Steve Martin's id. Hmm. It may be that. I don't know that that is a, if that's an argument that it's a good movie. But as far as, far as Punch Drunk Love, I think it's probably more the Billy Madison type character. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's the closest thing. So, you can find us online at BattleshipRetention.com. You can uh, search for us in iTunes under Battleship Retention. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. Write a review. That would help. Uh, you can follow. You can email me at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at title, tyler at battleshipretention.com or you can follow me on twitter at twitter.com slash thepretension or tyler on twitter at twitter.com slash more lessons which is the twitter feed for his other podcast more than one lesson which you can find at more than one lesson.com or in itunes under more than one lesson movie talk uh, for the discerning christian yes uh jason where can people find you they can find me online twitter.com slash eakin e-a-k-e-n um i have a blog which is uh, eakinwrites.wordpress.com, W-R-I-T-E-S. Um, and so, yeah, so I, so I do a blog, and, hell, I don't know. Okay. I actually am on IMDb. Oh, good. Yeah, I have really no credits to speak <laughs> of, but, uh, hell. And, and Sean, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me, email previouslyonshow at gmail.com, and the Twitter is previouslyonshow with no W at twitter.com. Okay. Well, uh, thanks, Sean, for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, You're very welcome. Thank thanks, you. Jason, for guest thosting. Guest and host. <laughs> you did and a great job. We will thanks. get you next Kudos. time. Oh, bye. Bye. Bye.